Hi, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. Today we are welcoming a very special guest because it's our first pet-related guest. Dr. Carol Arsborn is a world-renowned integrative veterinarian and author. She has studied anti-aging, medicine, and longevity in pets, and she developed a patented program called PAWS, Pet Anti-Aging Wellness System for Cats and Dogs. She graduated from Ohio State College of Veterinary Medicine and did an internship at the Columbus Zoo. She also launched a nonprofit organization called the American Pet Institute. She is a frequent guest on Fox and Friends, The Today Show, Good Day LA, and Discovery's Animal Planet, and has also been featured in newspapers and magazines all over. She practices at the Chagrin Falls Veterinary Center in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. So please help me welcome Dr. Carol to the show. Hi, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Our Toddler, and today we are welcoming Dr. Carol Osborne to the show. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Mary Jo. Absolutely. So I know that, you know, recently we've gone through sort of all this um, shutdown, and a lot of people turned to um, shelters to get their pets and wanted some, someone home with them, along with everybody else that was home, I guess. Um, and, uh, and, and I know that that was a, a big push, but I think we, today we'd like to talk a little bit more about like, how, um, how can you be more deliberate about getting your pet or what, what is a good way for families to find the right pet for their family specifically? That, that's a fabulous topic, especially during uh, the current COVID going on. And when it comes to picking a pet for a toddler, uh, what we have to remember out there is, is that first and foremost, you need to be honest with yourself about the amount of time and work that you're willing to put into a pet. Now, what we're really talking about here is moms with toddlers. So for all of you moms out there, you are essentially adding another child to your family that you will be responsible to take care of <laughs> for the next 10 or 15 plus years. Yes. You, you cannot expect your children or your child to take care of that pet. So that, that's a very that's a very big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the three most important things to consider, uh, Mary Jo? Personality, lifestyle, as well as your home and environment. Now, when it comes to personality, you want to try to match the personality of the pet to the personality of the toddler. In this case, uh, receiving the pet. So as, as a veterinarian, what I see is mom and dad go out there and they find a dog that they just think is terrific. But what mom and or dad thinks is terrific, chances are, has nothing to do with might, what might be a terrific pet for the toddler in question. So that's a very tricky situation. Now, depending on the age of your child, um, maybe what you want to do instead of rushing out and getting a pet, uh, get books about pets. Uh, if your child is old enough, perhaps he or she could volunteer at a shelter. Uh, you could go with your child to, uh, to dog shows or dog and cat shows to familiarize yourself uh, with various options uh, as well as 
the responsibilities uh, that will be involved. Um, you can these days even considering uh, consider fostering a pet if if pet ownership is not exactly right for you at this point in time. Uh, really that good be, suggestion, <laughs> kind of like trying on your pet, huh? Exactly. Um, when it comes to breed, um, it's the temperament of the breed that is the single most important consideration where kids are concerned. Uh, so you have to know a little bit about breeds. You know, some of the big, large breeds, Labs, Goldens, Shelties, and Collies, they're great, uh, great with quiet kids, great with kids. Uh, on the other hand, a breed like a Collie, very high maintenance, uh, regular grooming, it's, it's, it's a definite expense. A Dalmatian, great with an adult, not too good with kids. Boxer, great with kids and adult. So, you know, these breeds are all different. Uh, your little breeds, like let's say uh, Pugs and Bostons, uh, they can be very, very good with children. In general, very low maintenance. Uh, terriers, they love to dig up your gardens. So they're great if you have active young boys that just like to raise cane. Um, Cocker Spaniel, uh, nice option, I think, for an adult. Probably not a great choice for a child. Um, when it comes to all the mixes, you know, and all the designer dogs that are out there, once again, take a deep breath. Don't go with the flow. Uh, remember that when something is very, very popular, you know, the doodle this is and the doodle that. Remember that the very popular breeds are picked up by the breeders because that's how they make a living. And in the vast majority of cases, in my experience, the popular dogs are overbred. They are inbred. They are bred in every possible way that you can imagine. My honest advice uh, as a veterinarian doing this for quite a while is you don't want to get the most popular pet. If you get a pet that is much less popular, chances are you'll find a great dog without all the breed problems that we see when the most popular breeds or the most popular designer dogs are, are overbred, which... Um, Unfortunately, I, I, I see over and over. Now, th that being said, um, what's the next thing to consider? The, ne uh, the next thing to consider, if you're not hearing this noise of the phone ringing, um, is your lifestyle. Where do you live? Do you live in the city or the country? Do you have a tiny apartment? or a home? Um, do you have a backyard? How big is it? Uh, what about your neighbors? Um, is your backyard fenced? So, you know, think about it. A large dog needs more space based on the dog's size, but they're not always more active than a small dog. Uh, St. Bernard's, uh, Collies, they're very large, but they're fairly sedate. Uh, so again, those are important. How much time do you spend at home? Um, are you on the road traveling or are you, you know, really spending a lot of home, time at home as many people are at this point in time? Uh, remember, cats require a lot less time than dogs 
for people always on the go regardless of anything. Hey, fish are great. They need love, but they take a lot less time. When it comes to neighbors, barking dogs are very annoying. Um, then you have to consider your climate. Uh, and you have to think about the choice of breed as well as the breed suitability to the climate. So if you're going to get a Mexican hairless, chances are you don't want to live in Alaska. On the other hand, if you're going to get a, a Siberian Husky or a Malamute, those dogs that have tons and tons of hair, living in Florida, probably not your number one choice. Uh, Pugs, Bostons, and Frenchies, which are uh, wonderful dogs, and they are popular, but because of the price, they do not seem to be being overbred excessively. Remember that all of these dogs with the sort of the pushed-in faces they have breathing problems based on their breed. So areas with high heat and humidity, again, like Florida, can be very tough for these dogs uh, to live year-round. And, and the conditions of the environment, you know, will exacerbate the problems with the breeding that they have, you know, just because of the way they're bred. Um, do you live near the water? Do you like to boat? You know, labs love to swim, but there are certain breeds that don't swim at all and certainly don't want to get near the water. And then with the members of your home, is anybody allergic to pets? Um, that can be an issue, a, a major issue uh, for people these days. Uh, Bichons and certain poodles uh, are hypoallergenic and or the shedding is, is very minimal. And of course, we have products for everything these days, uh, including people allergic to their pets like Allerpet D. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit about grooming, um, the breeds with lots of hair and fancy haircuts, cockers, poodles, etc. They need regular grooming at every six, often to a maximum of every eight weeks. Uh, you have to think about that as well as the cost that goes with that. Um, Short-haired breeds, uh, pugs, Boston's labs. You can you can you can you, you can bathe yourself, and they don't require lots of fancy haircuts. As far as the age of your children, uh, kids age five and younger, that is 100% supervision with pets. Uh, kids that are age eight and above, uh, you just need to keep a pretty good eye on them, especially if they're mischievous. <laughs> um, and then, are there any other pets in your home? Uh, other dogs, cats, maybe you have rabbits and hamsters, but you have to think uh, about introductions and whether or not they will in fact get along. And then there's the chores and responsibility sector, deciding who's going to be responsible for what. Feeding, walking, games, going to the vet. Um, and where do you live versus is there a veterinarian uh, and a pet emergency facility nearby? So there's just so many things to think about. I think take a deep breath, sit down, have a family meeting uh, with the little ones involved and, and try to discuss these things and figure out what makes the most sense for your family before you just jump in and, you know, get that cutest little puppy that goes right to your heart. 
You also have to think about cost, Mary Jo. Uh, small, medium, large dogs. What I tell my clients is the bigger the pet and the more hair they have, the more they're going to cost you. So little dogs could cost you, let's say, 300 plus dollars a year. Uh, medium, four to 500. Uh, large dogs, 500 plus. J just in general, because uh, just the food and the basics, the bowl, the leash, the collar, the toys, uh, the little kennel that you have at home, all those little things, they, they add up very, very quickly. Um, and then there are shots to consider, um, as well as annual checkups and things like that. Um, and once you've figured all those things out, then is the choice of what do you do? Do you buy a pet as a puppy? Uh, do you adopt, you know, at, at a local shelter? So once again, there's a whole nother set of factors to consider. Uh, one thing I will say is you want to avoid pet stores and pet shops. And today we have online puppy mills, um, puppy finders and dog finders and places like that. Uh, in my experience, are places you definitely want to avoid. Um, if you're going for a puppy, you want to walk into the breeder's house. You want to meet the mother. You want to see the litter, um, as well as meeting the breeder. You know, look around and let what you see influence you highly. You know, everything should be clean. It should smell good. Um, you don't want to meet somebody a few miles down the road that brings you one puppy. That in and of itself is a giant red flag. And on the other hand, Mary Jo, remember that the shelters today are filled with dogs uh, and cats just looking for love and for great homes. Many of these animals are older. You know, they've gone through the, the puppy house training They've had most of their shots. They've already been spayed and neutered. So again, depending on your exact situation, some of these dogs can be absolutely the very best pets of all. Um, and most, most shelters and places like that, um, they give you a period of time to see that everything's going to work out right. And if it doesn't, they allow you to, to bring an animal back and, and try to make another choice that might be a better one for your family. Um, so there's lots of things to consider. And then there's the people that you want to get a puppy and you want to get that puppy from a breeder, which is also, you know, fabulous. Um, my tips to picking out the perfect puppy, um, look at the entire litter. Uh, see how they act, and see how they react to you. Uh, my rule that I like to share is take the puppy to your heart who takes you to theirs. You know, you, you don't want the shy puppy huddled up in the corner. You also don't want the aggressive dog that's jumping up and down and barking out loud. You kind of want that middle-of-the-road Joe whose eyes meet yours that comes to you at that point, you want to perform a, a visual inspection. They should uh, be active. They should be lively. They should look and smell clean. They shouldn't have any lumps or bumps. Their teeth should be white and shiny. They shouldn't have 
uh, bad breath or smelly ears. The first should shine. Uh, watch them walk. They should move freely. They shouldn't limp or have any troubles getting up and down. And again, I think it's a great idea to take your new puppy uh, to the veterinarian that you have chosen. Um, within the first two weeks is good, but depending on uh, cost and other factors like that, within the first 72 hours is often a clause in your written agreement with the breeder so that you can make sure that this puppy is everything that you think he or she is. And you can try to think a little bit more with your head rather than your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, believe me, breeders know that you fall in love almost instantly. Um, and at that point, no matter what the situation, uh, they know that 99.9% are, are going to keep that little one regardless of what may or may not be going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I met our, our dog, who is now almost three, he was a Newfoundland Golden Retriever mix. And you can imagine as a puppy, he was so cute. Adorable. But, <laughs> and, but now he's massive. Um, and yeah, he's great. But like you said, the size and amount of hair are are both huge. And so, yeah, he's a, he's an investment for us and we love him. But as, a, as the, like you said, just like a child. So when you, when you do make these choices and thank you for all of that, that was very comprehensive and just um, lots of things I think a lot of people forget about, especially even if they've had a puppy, but it's been a long, long time. There's some things that you do forget about, you know, like who does have to pick up after the dog? Like who does have to, you know, feed that puppy every day and those kinds of things. Um, when you are, what's, what do you think are the good ways to introduce a pet to your children and to your family? Like the very first day you bring them home, how does that all happen? Does it happen before you even get home or does it happen when you get home? Walk us through that a little bit. Sure. Sure. Um, certainly the day that you decide to bring that puppy home should be a very quiet day. It shouldn't be on a birthday or a holiday or Christmas or Easter or anything like that. It should be on a very quiet, know-nothing day. And when that puppy comes home, on this very quiet day, everyone in the home can focus on the puppy. Certainly, Prior to bringing the puppy home, you want to have the basics in order, which would consist of a, you know, a leash and a collar, a food bowl, some kind of a little bed and or a crate, um, as, as well as, uh, you know, the food and some actual food uh, and water, um, you know, just the basics. Um, again, depending on the age of the kids, you know, maybe there's a little book or maybe you've done your homework ahead of time, which I highly suggest. Um, and you've written down a little checklist of what is going to, you know, need to happen in order for this little puppy to become well adjusted to your family um, and, and talked about who's going to do what. Uh, under all circumstances for you moms out there, uh, I'm one of those moms too, just remember that if you have young kids, 
you simply cannot expect those kids to take care of the dog. They can help you to take care of the dog, but kids are still learning how to take care of themselves and thinking that a child can do that as well as take care of a puppy, um, in my experience, does not work. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that's the biggest thing is don't buy pets as gifts and never bring a new pet home on a holiday. You know, Christmas, Christmas is, is, is a big one. Um, certainly, you don't want to put the puppy in a box with a bow uh, and stick him or her under the Christmas tree. Um, it's those, a, cute, a cute picture, but it doesn't work logistically, right? <laughs> it, logistically, it, it absolutely does does not work. Um, and, and just, Mary Jo, kind of like what you said about the Newfie and the Golden Puppy. You know, all puppies, puppies are babies. Babies are cute. All babies are cute. But then they grow up. And, <laughs> you know, when they grow up, that little tiny puppy that you held in the palm of your hand, uh, you know, suddenly is a 110-pound dog with with energy and tons of hair and, you know, it's all over the house and, uh, you know, they have gigantic appetites and go out there and take a look at the cost of a bag of food these days. It's uh, the prices are shocking even to me uh, as, as a veterinarian. So there's just so many things to consider. Um, make sure that your choice is a choice that fits your family economically, socially, and otherwise, so that it does turn out to be a terrific experience. I always say that a child that starts out with a pet from day one also has a very best friend from day one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's a good thing. So you want to do your homework so that the beauty and value of this relationship, which is a lifelong relationship, and unfortunately, sometimes in our somewhat throwaway society, once again, we forget that this is a decision um, that could be with you over 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that it's a really good decision. Um, and I, uh, you, you know, I see, I see all kinds of puppies and I see a lot of these doodles. Um, and in complete honesty, uh, especially with reference to these doodles. Um, the puppies don't always get the best characteristics of each breed. Uh, in many, many, many cases, uh, it's the exact opposite. And I think it's because of the popularity. You know, people think, oh, we're going to get a dog. It's hypoallergenic. It's not going to shed. And it's going to just, you know, have the, the best the best of everything that we can think of because of the popularity of these different doodles, which all come from poodles, uh, what I see in the reality of my practice is that there is overbreeding. And unfortunately, when there is what we call a bad gene, let's say for epilepsy or for cancer or for these awful things that we don't want to think about when it comes to getting a puppy, uh -huh. um, I think it's important to consider that because I do see people uh, in particular with these doodles and we start at six months of age having lifelong problems that are very, very expensive problems. 
and their sad problems. Um, and whether it's uh, because they have trouble digesting, uh, you know, their food, whether it's because they have epileptic seizures, um, or whether it's because they're just filled with every allergy under the sun, which gets worse with age. Um, these are expensive, lifelong problems that somebody has to be able to deal with emotionally and financially. Uh, and the tricky thing, Mary Jo, about many of these pet insurance companies is that I just had a client the other day. They have a doodle who is 10 months old, uh, but at four months old, uh, the, the veterinarian uh, turned in you know, a claim uh, that the dog had an ear infection. And as a result of that, the insurance company uh, told these people that any problem with the skin and hair coat uh, from now and forever would be considered a pre-existing condition and they would accept no financial responsibility for it at all. Huh. And um, I, I was personally mortified uh, when I heard that, but, but here, you know, these very nice people have a very young dog and they don't have the, the financial wherewithal to afford, you know, going through these skin and hair coat issues every day. And their insurance company has already dropped them. So pet insurance, the good, the bad, the ups and the downs is probably another great topic um, <laughs> to consider at some point in time, um, maybe before people get a pet. Um, but the, these are, are real issues and not to spoil the goodness and excitement of a new puppy, but to make it a bit more realistic for mom and dad, because it's got to work or it, it, it won't be that long-term happy situation um, that it's supposed to be, you know, when you go out there and try to get a, you know, a family pet or a pet for your little one. Right. It's, it is like adding a, a, another person to the family, honestly, because they do have their own personalities and it changes the dynamic of things. It's, it's, it is like having another person, honestly, even though, you know, I know there are pets. <laughs> I live in Boulder County. Well, it seems like they think that there are people here, but they, um, it is like. It, it is indeed, Mary Jo. Today, over 70% of pet owners consider their pets to be actual family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they treat them as family members. Um, and the amounts of money that they spend on pets today are are mind-boggling in, in many cases. So it doesn't mean you have to be, um, you know, in the upper echelons of, of income to have a puppy. But what I am trying to say is when you get a dog, no matter where you get the dog from, that dog has medical needs, um, you know, dietary needs, et cetera, that, that you have to be prepared you know, to, to live with uh, and afford comfortably uh, so that it doesn't infringe upon your lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's great. I have two more questions for you. So tell us a little bit. So I know a lot of listeners have little people and they probably have kid-proof house, but tell us a little bit about how to puppy-proof your house. Uh, puppy-proofing, I think, is, 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 a, is a lot like child-proofing. You have to look at your house from your puppy's point of view, crawl around on your hands and knees if you need to, and remove anything 
that might be a potential hazard. Dangling wires, tiny toys, rubber bands, uh, string, uh, all kinds of chemicals that might be out in the home or the garage, including things like antifreeze, uh, your various cleaning agents, etc. cetera. Um, electric sockets are a great one. Um, so it's um, pretty, pretty similar to childproofing uh, because puppies like children like to put everything in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. So take the time to make your choice um, because pets truly are a lifelong companions and you will end up with a best friend forever. No. Oh, yes. And your, and your child too, like you said, I know our youngest loves our dog. Absolutely loves our dog. Um, one last thing I wanted you to talk a little bit, if you, if you don't mind, will you explain a little bit about your pause program? Oh, absolutely. I'd be delighted. Um, a PAUSE is an acronym. It stands for Pet Anti-Aging Wellness System, um, which is something I, I developed and patented. And basically, uh, PAUSE is a vitamin system that uh, extends the healthy lifespan of, of dogs by up to 30%, which translates into three or four plus years of of health and wellness that you can enjoy your pet for. Um, in older pets and senior animals uh, that are experiencing all the aches and pains that seniors do, um, in many cases it can help to reverse those aging changes and help your pet to enjoy longer, happier, healthier years. Um, in a nutshell, it's um, a variety of vitamins, minerals, uh, herbs, antioxidants that are all rolled up into a, a tasty vitamin, if you will, uh, given to pets based on age and body weight. Um, we have an AM for morning and a PM for evening. Uh, we divide the ages up one through six for adults, um, seven and up for seniors. And there's a, one formula that's an AM, PM. Uh, in other words, it's given in the morning and evening. And we just came out with a, a new extended release once a day vitamin. We call it Pause Plus. And that's a supplement that you just give once a day in the morning, um, but it lasts all day. Wow, that's exciting. That's, that sounds amazing. Well, it's, it's easy and it's wonderful. And um, we have small breed dogs um, under 30 pounds going strong at age 24. And wow. we have uh, giant breed dogs who normally enjoy a far shorter lifespan uh, than let's say your average large breed dog like a Labrador uh, going strong at age 18. 18 years old. Oh my goodness. That is amazing for a giant breed. That's so crazy. And, um, and wow, I'm, I'm just like so impressed. And this is a, it's a supplement because normal nutrition that the pets get it just not it's not comprehensive enough it's, it's kind of similar to people mary joe um we can receive uh, all of our supplementation uh from what we eat assuming that we eat incredibly well um or we can try to enhance our wellness as well as our longevity um by optimizing our nutrition 
the problem with that when it comes to eating, for example, um, is the optimal amount of vitamin E per day in a dog is 5,000 units. But if you tried to feed your dog a diet offering 5,000 units of vitamin E a day, the dog would be eating so much that he or she would quickly get chubby <laughs> and suffer the problems with becoming chubby as opposed to staying lean, uh, lean and trim. So it's not really possible to optimize an individual's health and wellness um, through just eating. Um, and that's why we have come up with a way to offer optimal supplementation while the pet enjoys eating a normal diet and a normal amount of food so as to be able to maintain uh, a, a lean, healthy body weight. That makes perfect sense. I, I know I take many supplements and, and nutritional um, things that, that because I know I, I can't eat enough vegetables and fruit and things like that in the day. So that's a good equivalency to think about for your pet as well, right? Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on uh, the Teaching Your Toddler show. I, you've just given us so much information, I think, not even just for moms and dads of toddlers, but for pretty much all families. So I really appreciate that. Um, tell us before we let you go, um, how can we find you? How can people find more about you? Oh, thank you. You can find us online, chagrinfallspetclinic.com. Uh, we have another website that's um, just in the final process of being revamped, which is drcarol.com, D-R-C-A-R-O-L.com. You can also call us toll-free. We welcome phone calls from pet-loving listeners from coast to coast. And the toll-free phone is one 866 Dr. Carol, which is 866-372-2765. Three seven two two seven six five. Awesome. I will put all of these links in the show notes, of course, so people can find you. And again, I so appreciate you having uh, coming on the show today. And um, maybe we can have you back and talk about some more things because I think there's lots here. Well, we would love to at any time, and we thank you very much as well. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. You too. Bye bye. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at www.teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.